Yes in New York is one thing. New Jersey. Okay, sorry. What we could be looking at here is quite another thing. Bad Jersey. It's Let's Go Duffalo and Odyssey podcast. That's Ryan Duffy. My name is Pat Duffy. Thanks for joining us on our week 10 episode. We've done 10 of these things already. 10? 10. Awesome. Well, this Happy will, anniversary? Shut up. God. What? I hate your stupid face. I we, hate everything. We've both had long days. The Bills game de- yesterday, Monday, did Sunday. Shut up. Did not help any of it. Absolutely not. I will right, we'll get right into it. The Bills drop a heartbreaker in the Meadowlands, 20 to 17. Off the top, Ryan, your thoughts. I'm, I'm, I, ooh, man, I am not having a good day. I've been complete media blackout. I, I want nothing to do with anything Bills related content. Except this podcast, of course. <laughs> Thanks for listening, I, um, everybody. <laughs> dude, I, I process these games, not just losses, these kinds of losses very poorly. And I need to uh, find some outlets to make me uh, a little bit happier and get through my day on a, on a Monday or a, a post-game day loss like this. Well, what about yesterday's game is making you so angry? Um, well, are we at that point in the segment or point in the show already for me to uh, explain? All right, we can hold on to what's making Ryan sad. We'll get to that. Now, here's the thing. Credit to you, first of all. Yeah. Uh, two weeks ago on this podcast, you said the Jets were a team that scared you. Oh, look at me. Oh, and you gave me all kinds of... Sorry, there was a dog in here for a quick second. <laughs> you closed the door on his face. I didn't mean... I, I, it was just reaction. I'm actually... Sorry, Biscuit. That's my bad. Um, I think it was my high pitch uh, squeal right there, and he probably thought sure. there was another okay, dog so here. Now you, you want credit for saying the Jets scared you, even though last week you took it back and said the Jets no longer scared you. Credits... Uh, Maybe. I would say more validation. Okay, great. Uh, The big takeaway from this game on Sunday was missed opportunities. Yeah. Because it was tough sledding for the offense all day, but there were spots. I mean, there were spots in which you could have taken advantage. Sure. You have the turnover in the red zone first drive of the game, right? Mm -hmm. You have wasted sack fumble that Vaughn gets you to keep the Jets from taking the lead in the third quarter. You have a stalled drive that you get three instead of seven on that would have changed the entire outcome of the game. Like, as bad as that game was for the Bills yesterday, Mm -hmm. it was right there. Yeah. The Bills just couldn't capitalize on the opportunities. Yeah, that's that is frustrating. I probably would have I mean, I would have been a little less frustrated had we gotten the win and, and by taking advantage of any one of those numerous opportunities to take the lead and, you know, win. But uh, the loss makes it hurt even more. The Bills didn't deserve to win that game. No, I mean, they have. I mean, you can make the argument in the second half. They didn't deserve to win that. Packers game either, right? Of course. And that's what's been so frustrating about the last six quarters. But let's get to what the major issue is here. Yeah. So Josh, 18-34, 205, no passing touchdowns, two picks mm-hmm. on Sunday. He did have two rushing touchdowns. Yeah, we saw him. He was the Bills' leading rusher by 60 yards. Oh. Which is alarming. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, this was, despite what we just read you, Josh Allen after the game on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to win in this league. Um, you're playing a good team and your quarterback plays like Made some bad decisions tonight. Really cost our team. Um, lot to learn from. Lot to grow from. But that's not that's not the uh, standard we hold ourselves to. That's not the ball that we play. Um, so, lot to look at. Lot to learn from. Do you like that approach from Josh Allen on Sunday after the game? I well, yeah. I appreciate that he takes accountability. I appreciate that he puts it on on his shoulders. That's that's nice, especially in a time where if you look at the other conference and a, a top tier quarterback, air quote top tier quarterback of that conference this year, you're seeing the exact opposite mentality. So credit where credit is due. I appreciate that outlook on things and, and taking the ownership and being a leader there. However. 
I'm, I'm, I was going to say, it's not at the point where it's like, that doesn't mean anything. I think if you look at someone like Dan Campbell, coach of the, um, the Detroit lions, you see that mentality all the time, but eventually like your goodwill runs out. I by no means think that Josh Allen's goodwill has run out. Oh, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. What? All right. We got to stop this train before it gets off the tracks. No, here. we're going full nope, steam ahead. Nope, nope, because I've been I've been on social media the last couple of days. Good for you. And people have been flipping out about what happened. Josh Allen still might be the best quarterback in the NFL. There's no doubt about okay, it. No, but you're doing this whole like goodwill doesn't mean anything. My question was, mm-hmm. is it better for a quarterback to come out and take the entire thing on his shoulders and say it's my fault? Or is it better to pull the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady thing we've seen in the past where no matter how bad the game got, everything is okay. Everything uh, is okay. No, I, I appreciate the the realistic look of like, like he did play like how he described he played. Okay, let me restate this. How dare you <laughs> even question if the goodwill of Josh Allen has run I, out after six quarters, run it back. What we've seen, how dare you? I, I invite you to run it back of what I just said. I'm say? not saying that his goodwill has run out. I'm upset about the outcome of yesterday. It's still very raw of, of Sunday. It's still very raw for me. My only point was that will only get you so far. And I don't think Josh Allen is anywhere close to it being expiring. But I'm just saying There's that no but. my my I'm feeling very emotional about yesterday. That's all. Okay, you gotta you gotta pop it in. You gotta hit the brakes. That's what I said at the top of the show. And pop it in reverse. I, that's why I said you are, I need, you are being irrational and crazy, and I can't even look you in the eyes right now. You're look. You just looked me right in the and eyes I'm as you said that. Struggling doing it. I'm struggling looking you in your eyes. I think that most Bills fans would empathize with how I feel right now, where where it is very raw. And I'm sorry, man. Like, yes, I said that the Jets were a team that that scared me. I listened to, so I stand by that. Obviously, they, they you won. You stand by it after you took it back last week. I didn't take it back. You did. You are like, nah, not too much anymore. I think they could win. I mean, they played a, poor, a horrible game the week before, or at least Zach Wilson did. Well, Zach Wilson didn't play all that great a game I, the other I, day. I, I agree with you. 154 yards? Okay, so the difference between those two games is Zach Wilson lost you that last or that previous game where Zach Wilson did enough to be just a human being and didn't give up. Uh, meaningful uh, turnovers. Okay. But, but what I'm saying is like, yes, the jets, I thought were a scary team as far as the bills were concerned, just because for all the reasons that we've talked about previously on the show, I think back to all of the bills media that I have consumed this past week Mm. of overlooking the jets say like the, the New York, New Jersey jokes, the, even though I just did, the the error just made one. My point is that like like yeah, you can stick out your chest and make those jokes when you can back it up. The Bills didn't back okay, it up. Uh, Hang on a second, so, man. Yeah, you the mad. Bills the Bills didn't back it up on Sunday, and right now it's raw for me. And I and I feel like like I I'm carrying this L right on my on the front of my shirt. Mm-hmm. It it hurts. I'll get over it. I'll get past it. Uh-huh. Talk to me on Wednesday. But still, it hurts, man. How does it not hurt? Who are you? My name is Ryan, okay. and I'm your brother and co-host of this podcast. Right, this is a Let's Go Duffalo podcast, a Buffalo lifestyle podcast. And what makes us unique from the other sports, football, Bills podcasts? Good looks. We talk 
being around. We've been around this team. Yeah. We were raised in that parking lot. Definitely. Right? We've known everything. We've, we've been through the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. We've seen how terrible things can get for an NFL franchise. Sure. And you're going to tell me, after that game, with what we've seen this season, mm-hmm. you're going to have the reaction that you're going to have. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Exactly a year ago, yesterday, yeah. was the loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the season was over, and the sky was falling, and Josh Allen is a pretender, and the Bills are not Super Bowl contenders, and we saw how everything ended up working out there. This offense, up to this point this season, has been better than the offense that they had last year. Now, I understand there are questions after what we've seen the last six quarters, but they managed to right the ship last year, just like they managed to right the ship the year before when they hit a rough spot. How? 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 After everything we've seen, after the Brian Brahms and the Cardell Joneses, can you sit here and be like, sky is falling, what am I doing, I can't handle it? I, me, like a well-written protagonist, have a, a very um, detailed emotional arc. I know, in my heart of hearts, as it was with the Arizona game a few years ago, mm-hmm. with the Jacksonville game last year, mm-hmm. that this is, and can be, the right shot in the arm that the Bills need to air quote right the ship. We're, we are still six and two. We are still atop, if not tied for, the first overall seed, right? No, Even though we're the number Chiefs one. Won. No, no, okay. yeah, we, we, we have them head up. We are in good position as far as the rest of the season is concerned. Mm-hmm. But but I'm sorry, dude. Just because you have, have this success there does not mean that you cannot hold the team that is, is that can be as successful as they've shown that they can be to a standard and and not be upset when they lay an egg because they absolutely laid an egg. I'm not packing it in. No one's packing nothing in. I'm at the hotel. My shirts are on the hangers. I'm not packing in nothing. Okay. I'm very excited for how the rest of the season is going to go. We're going to have a, a, a better, uh, or I should say, like Tredavious White, hopefully coming back very soon. Who knows how Jordan Poyer, or you know, uh, um, falls back into the lineup or how he heals. Matt Milano was out yesterday too, and you have to think like maybe the run game would have been, or the run defense rather would have been a little bit better with him in the fold, which is better. another holy moly, man. Well, like, yeah, that's think, another like, thing. Going back to what we talked about last week, I think I theorized that maybe the Bills let the Packers have all those rushing yards and stayed in nickel personnel just to keep them from passing. Yeah. I think I could safely put that theory to bed after what happened with the Jets yesterday. Like yeah. they could not stop that run. No. But look, we have to get to the elephant in the room as we talk about this team and Josh, as we tape this right now, it's Monday. Yeah. Uh, Sean McDermott came out in his press conference. They had a special press conference via Zoom to talk about a potential Josh Allen injury. If you watch the game on Sunday, you saw him after taking that, I guess you would call it strip sack that only he took right on the forearm. Yeah. He was favoring his forearm after that ball, and then he threw a frozen rope 70 yards to Gabe Davis' right. his longest <laughs> air shot of the year, so I don't know. Which, oh, oh man. Oh so right now, uh, McDermott says that he's going for more tests today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was Ian Rappaport reported that they don't believe that this is a legitimate injury, that it's just a discomfort thing. They're going to monitor him throughout the week. However, something to keep an eye on, mm-hmm. FanDuel, has taken the Bills' AFC championship odds off the board. Really? Which is normally something that is done when there is a long-term injury at quarterback or a massive question about injury at quarterback. Now, that Hmm. just could be because nothing is getting out of one Bills drive and they're trying to be safe right now. Hmm. It could also be because they know something that nobody else does. Vegas? I mean, Vegas knows... Yeah, I mean, Vegas knows 
I mean, look, there was a reason why the Bills line moved from 13 and a half. We talked about that at this point last week to 10 and a half when the game kicked off on Sunday. It's a three-point swing. It's a massive swing. They, they made a something. lot of money on uh, on Sunday. Yes, they did. And they kept moving it yeah. to entice people to take. Okay. So we don't know what's going on with Josh. And mm-hmm. I'll ask you this question. Sure. Uh, you got the Vikings on Sunday, and we'll talk more about the game as we get to the end of the show here. Mm-hmm. Can Case Keenum win you three games? I'm, I'm asking. Let's say let's say it's a three-game injury, knock on wood, for Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Can Case Keenum win you three football games with this offense? So that's a good question. I think the right off the top of my head, I want to say no, because Josh Allen is uh, extremely unique in that Obviously. he is uh, a top-tier professional athlete, human being in the world. Mm-hmm. But if you want to say that if if you're saying he's out for the next three games, I'm no, I know. Look, I'm just speculating. I, I know, for the I, I know, and I'm and I'm pulling up the schedule just to to take a look at the competition and, and as far as like likelihood is concerned. Okay. Do I think that Case Keenum can win you three games? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think that Case Keenum can win you three games. Okay. Um. Now, granted, that's based off his performance in the preseason this year, okay, which he was which, playing with the twos, of course. And, and I was just going to say that. So I I know it's not a one from one comparison, but if you look to next week, like you said, the Vikings pause on Minnesota because we'll break that down more later. Awesome. So so let's just I I don't think that Case Keenum is going to to light up the Vikings defense, which has been playing really well. Okay. Keep going. Um. After that, you have Cleveland uh-huh. at home. Um, I think that there is a chance just because of the woes that the, the Browns have been through that there is a chance that that maybe your defense can step up and, and you know, Case Keenum in the running game can, you know, get you a win. And then after that, we have Thanksgiving on the road at Detroit, which we already talked about being a trap game. Yeah. So so I think that there's a chance there that you can win. But that's that's up in the air. I think it can't be a trap game with your backup quarterback. All right, then fair enough. Then I think then um then I think there's a chance to win that game. If I mean that's the most you could ask for out of a backup quarterback, right? I mean, splitting two out of three or not splitting, uh going two out of three, like, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I if mean, he can get you that. And again, okay. Excuse me. We know nothing about Josh's injury. Maybe right. it's just a dis- discomfort thing. And he plays on Sunday. But mm-hmm. one thing to keep in mind as this week plays out. Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have shown with multiple players throughout the time they've been here that they take a cautious approach. Yeah. And that forearm is worth a quarter billion dollars. Of course. And you don't want him being Chet Stedman either towards the end of the season or the end of his career. More. I mean, I'm look, taking man, you out. You can, <laughs> you can look around the league at great quarterbacks who, and again, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves who played through injury, and they were never the same. Yeah. Now, granted, Josh might be built in a lab, and he's completely different. I mean, McDermott spoke to that, you know, as far as Josh's toughness to finish that game. And like you mentioned before, absolute dime to to Gabriel Davis. And well within um, uh, field goal range, I think he... You he, just scored a touchdown. Had you completed that pass? Because yeah. he, he would have hit it on the 20. Now, I don't know if he gets out of bounds. Maybe right. you'd only make it in time to kick the field goal because you would have had to have everybody sprint. Everyone sprint down 80 yards. yards. Yeah. yeah. You know what? That play, I know, I know, I know. When you're in fourth and 21 with one play to go, mm-hmm. You're not allowed to be angry when a play doesn't work out. Sure. But that might have been the most frustrating moment for me in that whole game because it hit him in the face. It hit, oh, my gosh. It, I mean, look, he was getting pass interfered. I know they're not going to throw the flag there unless he's literally hanging off his testicles. Mm-hmm. But it hit him in the face. He could not have put that ball in a better spot than he did. It is. It was... I. 
even not completing that ball, it was jaw-dropping, flat-footed with whatever he was dealing with that he put that ball where he did. It was an, it was an absolutely remarkable throw. Um, it is absolutely remarkable that it wasn't caught. I I know that Sauce Gardner had his hands up. He's a tall dude. Well, yeah, bro. He was pulling. He's got. He literally he had Gabe Davis's back plate by the hand. He was face guarding. I mean, I know face you. Not legal. You cannot set up a catch better in that circumstance. That that was a a catch that needed to be made, and that didn't happen. And 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 I'm just I I okay fine fair enough. Maybe I'm just sore because. I don't think Gabriel Davis had the best game. He has. He's struggled the last couple of weeks. Right. So, so I, I add a little bit more emphasis on like, come on, man. Like that was your redemption shot. Whether or not, like you said, whether or not that, you know, he goes down in bounds and the bills get, you know, all the way down there and they can't make it in time. Like whatever the case, valiant effort still would have sucked to, to lose, but at least he gave it your absolute best given the circumstances. To see that ball just hit him in the face mask and then like in his chest and then just go through like he did like the like weird bear hug thing of like I got oh ooh. <laughs> oh god I'm almost glad they didn't complete the pass and get down and not have enough time to spike it yeah. because you would have seen a fax machine fly through the coach's box at MetLife Stadium <laughs> as Ken Dorsey just went complete incredible Hulk on every like could you imagine if it happened again after watching what Ken Dorsey did the first time in Miami on the road divisional game same exact situation stadium just explodes I would have loved to see like the aerial shot of the Goodyear blimp just seeing like a little puff of smoke come out of the you know the the Bills <laughs> Um, you know, offensive room. And also too, it would have been fun. Like, cause you would think, I would think that after what happened in Miami, like maybe they're going to be a little bit more proactive and like cover the camera way ahead of time. Sure. And I just flash forward to like the Wednesday press conference when Dorsey's like available to the media and he's got his arms in both of those like <laughs> cats, like up at his like shoulders. It's like, yeah, you know, I like with the stick that goes like to the waist, like, uh, like rookie of the year style. That's two rookie a lot of, year lot of, a lot of uh, references to, uh, rookie of the year. Um, yeah, and just him talking like, yeah, you know, uh, you know, we're, we're, uh, we are doing our best out here, you know, circumstances. There are a lot of things we got to clean up here. All right, let's step away from this game. Cause Ryan, he's hurting today. I'm hurting big time. Uh, you brought up something briefly last week that I want to get into because yeah. uh, we were having a discussion about which Buffalo Bills could win an election. Yes. That conversation made you wildly uncomfortable the entire time we were having just it. Just a but you asked what it takes for a Bills player to become a dyed-in-the-wool-forever Bills player. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into it. It's Let's Go Duffalo, the Odyssey app, wherever each podcast. What's in a name? Would a rose by any other name sound so sweet, smell, swami, swing, swang, swang? It I was mean, the blurst of times. You put on a Bills uniform, you are a Buffalo Bill. Sure. And you will forever be a Buffalo Bill. But Ryan is wondering. Mm. No, you're not. You say no. I mean, 
No, I don't think so. Okay, great. It's Let's Go Duffalo. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Buffalo Lifestyle Podcast. Buffalo Bills Lifestyle Podcast. Uh, it's Ryan Duffy. My name is Pat Duffy. Uh, subscribe. Give us a rating. We appreciate that. Please. Leave us a little comment, a review. We, we, we love you very much. We do. So Thanks last, for joining. Last week, we were uh, having a discussion. You know, this week, you, everyone's going to the polls to vote. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about bills that could win an election could josh allen legitimately win an election if somebody if we all wrote him in and would he do a good job at yeah it? and in that conversation that was making you sweat and squirm the entire time mm-hmm. you brought up an interesting question that question do you remember what that question was right yeah i was curious on on what makes someone a player former player whatever i am more former player what what do they have to do to be considered a bill for life all right, so when life- you think of that player you think of them as a buffalo bill okay all right so you're saying not just we appreciate them as a player but that person now is a bill when somebody thinks of them they think of them only in a buffalo bills uniform um maybe not only but more so than any other team okay so let's break this down for you it sounds like it's time in the uniform um, not necessarily. It's a big factor. Yeah. Okay. It's a factor. So what matters more to you? Time in uniform or impact on the team? Ooh. Because like, I'll give you an example. Yeah, please. Uh, James Lofton. Yeah. Was a staple of the Buffalo Bills Super Bowl years. Definitely. M- massive contributor. Mm-hmm. He only played in Buffalo four years. Mm-hmm. Now, compare that to Kelly and Reed and Thurman and BB and Tasker. It's nothing. I mean, he's been, he was brought in as a free agent. Yeah. Right? He wasn't drafted by the Buffalo Bills. So he spent longer with, I believe, two other NFL franchises in the Raiders and the Packers in the time he did spend in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Do you consider him a Bill? Yeah, I definitely do. Four years. Um. So, so yeah, I think, like I said, I think the length of time in a Bills uniform is a factor, but okay. it's not the only factor. I mean, James Lofton played during the Super Bowl runs, sure. you know, like, mm-hmm. like they, and he was an impactful player during that time. But, I mean, he was a member. I mean, you look at that wide receiver staff, or, right, yeah, like you had... Andre Reid, Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. Don Beebe, wildly underappreciated contributor. You yeah. had other spot guys along the way, right? Pete Metzelized before uh, he left in free agency, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, maybe they could have done without James Lofton and done just fine. Sure, yeah, maybe, but I mean, but I, but I don't think it's necessarily like, um, what's the best way to say it? Like, I think it's it's a feel thing. I don't know. To me, it is, I guess. It's a feel thing. Yeah. Um, Are you driving stick on which Bills players are Bills players for life? Exactly. Um, Yeah, no, I think, like, given the circumstances, like I said, he's on the Super Bowl teams and and impactful there. Yeah, maybe they could have plugged and played somebody else there or maybe, you know, take him away altogether and and they're just as successful. But I I don't know. I I would still consider him there. You know what else I think? um, uh, Maybe it's just because, like, I heard um van miller like reference him like by name often okay and that that sticks out to me as a big one too okay so so yeah i mean whether it is like length in in a bill's uniform or impact on the field or just like the surrounding uh like community or the fan base or i don't know i mean who knows it's an in, it's an imperfect well, you, science. Had, you brought it up you oh, but it's one. but but it's an interesting thing to think about like i would be curious like your opinion on like like what do you think to like give me an example that you would think of someone who is not a bill reggie bush is not a bill 
Okay, All right, fair. One season of Buffalo. Uh, by the way, everyone listening, this is a way to feel better about yourself on a rough post-game week. You, everybody listening, has more rushing yards as Buffalo Bill than Reggie Bush does. Yeah, you ended with negative yards. Negative yard. two a, yards a rushing. Good, a good friend of mine and I, like, we we text very often about the Bills. And shout out to, uh, to Matty Ice. Um, we constantly reference the negative yardage season, negative yardage that Reggie Bush ended with the Buffalo Bills. And I remember we were broadcasting live from Bills training camp in the break room on CMF and they had just released Fred Jackson, which was a massive kick in the scrote Mm -hmm. to everybody. And here comes Reggie Bush and everybody's all excited. They give Reggie Bush, Fred Jackson's number, Uh, right? Like right after he's gone, Uh he rushed for negative two yards on the season. He sure did. Negative two. Okay, if a player is drafted by the Buffalo Bills, mm-hmm. are they automatically a Bill for life? Um, Let's go through the QBs of the draft. Yeah, right? hit like me. EJ, JP, Trent Edwards, Todd Collins, all Bills draft picks that didn't pan out, nor did they spend a ton of time in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. But for their time in Buffalo, they did play in impactful games. I mean, they weren't Super Bowl games, but they started all of them a lot of games. Mm-hmm. We all watched them throw a lot of balls. Are they Bills? You know, I think that at the end of the day, of course, they're all Bills. Okay, don't be political, Ryan. I'm not being political, Ryan. I'm not being political, Ryan. <laughs> I'm thinking. Because like because I'm thinking of like other factors that bring in so EJ Manuel, you mentioned. Yes. You know, he is uh obviously was a Bill, didn't pan out long term, um, was dynamite in uh third down. Uh, get him to jump offense. Nobody ran a hard count off the bench hard better count. than EJ Thank Manuel. You. No, did. like <laughs> you know it's coming. <laughs> you know it's coming. My favorite part of that is how hyped EJ Manuel would get when he got the defense to jump off. Wouldn't you? Like you got called into action. Like does that that doesn't even count as a play? No, it doesn't. Right? Like you're <laughs> not even on the stat right. sheet. That's a great point. He doesn't go down as taking a snap in the game. Right? You're right. You're like right. you didn't even touch the ball. <laughs> But, but hey man, like but you're helping out your team. Like I get it. Like that's that's awesome. Well, he was also making millions of dollars of to play on third down and draw the wrong <laughs> right. sides, but go on. Right. No, I, I so like in that sense, I, I think that like, yeah, you were impactful. If obviously not in like in wins and losses, but like to me, like I'll never forget that, you know? So like to me, I would consider you a bill. But another factor that comes into play is like how he kind of leaves. Like he didn't he left in free agency, right? Like well, the bills they, weren't gonna yeah, resign him. Walk, yeah. Right. And um and I don't think he has done really much of anything. No, and not, he played, nothing, he like, played for the Raiders. For the Raiders, yeah. right? But what he's I was on the s- ACC network now. He is, yeah. Um, but what I was going to say, like he hasn't done much of anything as far as endearing himself to Bills fans now, like a post career. Now I don't necessarily blame him for that. He may, you know, um, you know, consider his time in Buffalo like a little bit raw emotionally, just because of the way things didn't work out. I guess I could. I, I don't know. You can ask him. Let's get him. Let's get him on the phone. But um, hey, uh, EJ, my name is Ryan. I just had a baby. I just want to let you know you're really cool. I like you a lot. But but I think that you know if he perhaps you know endeared himself a little bit more to Bills fans, I think he would be welcomed back with open arms. I think people would look back on him somewhat fondly. Well, yeah, I mean, but you got to remember, you know, there's there's this idea that the players owe us while they leave after they leave to like you know wrap their arms. He got effed. Hard oh, for sure. And Buffalo. I don't I just want I, I don't think that any NFL player, especially any Bills player, owes the fan base anything to come back and be like, my time here was great. Like, no, dude, call it like you see it. He was put into some some suspect situations. Bro, I mean, he was they, they put Kyle Orton in over him and we can have the Doug Marone 
killed any chance that EJ Manuel had of being a starting NFL quarterback. For sure. Not that he was going to be successful, but it's his second season, and yeah. he just made a decision, ah, he's not, we're done. And, and and it's also important to note, too, that like it's not his fault where he was drafted. Sure. You'd say the same thing with Mitch Trubisky, right? Like yeah. The Bills 100% reached on him as a first-round well, pick. But he was the best quarterback in that draft somehow. For, yeah. right? like, well, I mean, now with Geno Smith doing what Geno Smith is Lighten doing. Lighten it up, baby. Think about that. Geno Smith is starting his first year as a full-time starter in the NFL, and E.J. Manuel's been out of the league for what? Four, Four years. years. I think about it every time I see a Geno Smith highlight, and I think to myself, like, "Are we serious here? <laughs> Is this really <laughs> happening?" Like, I'm sorry. Kudos to Geno Smith, man. Like, like no, I'm happy for him too. I'm I'm extremely happy for him. Like, he's been like what 2013 NFL draft class, right? Yeah. You are you have been in the league for 11 years. You have started. For, I mean, he started for the Jets, right? The year he was drafted, uh, he was. He never went into. No, he never went into the season as the starter. The season he was going to be the starter was the year that I Cam Polly, former Jets, then Bills defensive end, oh, yeah. broke his jaw over a money dispute, and Ryan Fitzpatrick came in and fixed him. Interesting. Remember, they lost. Was it that season? They were a game away from qualifying for the playoffs. Yes, it was. And Leotis McKelvin picked off Ryan Fitzpatrick in the end zone. He, he sure did. They had to win in Buffalo to punch their ticket, and uh, their ticket was not punched. Nope. Fitz, Fitz, Gino, and then he fits himself in the end zone with my man Leotis McKelvin. Congratulations, you fitzed yourself. <laughs> okay. So you're saying it's not a period of time, it's impact, but it depends on the impact based on when the impact happens in the history of the franchise. These are complex equations we're talking about here. What about players that were drafted by the Bills, Mm -hmm. but did the bulk of their work with other teams? And the first player that comes to mind would be Marshawn Lynch. Sure. Is Marshawn Lynch, in your mind, a lifetime Bill? Yeah, I think he is. Are you saying that because you like Marshawn Lynch? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Because he spent parts of four years here. Mm-hmm. He spends five years in Seattle, blows up the league. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that anyone outside of Western New York remembers that Marshawn Lynch was a Buffalo Bill. Did they see that video of him at Dave and Buster's? <laughs> that, is Th- that was hilarious. That is a great video. I don't think. Because I saw the other day, there was a video on YouTube while I was scrolling. It was like uh, players that you didn't know played on other teams. And Marshawn Lynch at a Bills uniform was on the front page. Yeah. I, I think so. Obviously, we're we're close to the team. Like we know Marshawn's history in Buffalo and and how it ended poorly. Honestly, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, they trade him for a, what fifth round pick. Well, that and the circumstances off the field. Like I think, like at that point in his career, he just wasn't. You know, he didn't. He wasn't where he ended up. You know, as far as like uh, his headspace or, or where he wanted to be. Who knows? But well, I'm it doesn't saying, help that you keep drafting players to try and replace a guy that you also drafted in the first round. Oh sure, CJ Spiller. I mean, right? Great, great move, guys. You're put. Yeah, no, for sure. I uh, but but I guess my point is that like I could understand why, um, you know, the casual, even the the normal NFL fan not affiliated with the Bills or Western New York would would be shocked or even like, huh, when they see like Marshawn Lynch and the old you know booty, uh, jerseys with the Roy or with the dark blue shoulders and the white, um, white you know bottom chest. Horrible, horrible jerseys. I hated those jerseys. Yeah, they weren't great. Although they are growing on me the further away we get from them. Really? Yeah, a little bit. It reminds me of the Toronto series, and I hated the Toronto yeah, series. Yeah, that patch was awful. So Marshawn, as we talk about that, so Marshawn is a bill to you, but only because you think Marshawn is cool. Well, I think also, uh, among other things, like he he was impactful on the field, being that he or he was impactful for the team, Okay, being that he was a first-round pick, Okay, right? He, he was endearing himself during his time here mm-hmm. to Bills fans. Mm-hmm. I even think post-Bills uh, career, he was endearing to fans. He's come back. He's yeah, he's beat come the back. drum. Yeah, no, yeah, he's great. 
I'll ask you this thing, because you talked about the impact a player has on the team that makes them a lifelong bill or not. Yeah. Can I you... feel like you're setting me up in, like, expert litigation of, like, leading me to my answer. No, I'm asking... be like, gotcha. I'm asking you a question. Name me a moment in a Bills uniform on the field that stands out for you from Marshawn Lynch. Mm, I saw mic'd up from him one nope, time. I'm talking in a game that you watched and you were like, wow. I mean, it was so long ago. Wasn't that long ago? I mean, it was, it was 10 no, years ago. No, but I'm ago. saying we can, we can do things. We can talk about Eric Moulds. We can name specific plays. Yeah. We can talk about Bruce Smith. We can name specific plays. We can do it for Jim Kelly, Andre Reed. We can do it for a 1,000. Fred Jackson. There are 10 plays that come to mind immediately where sure. you were like, wow, you remember those plays. What's the first one for Fred Jackson? Uh, that would be the stiff arm. Kyle Condi. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, what what's his name? Yeah, I know who you're talking yeah, about. It's Chicago. Um, name me one impact play that sticks out in your head immediately from Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, I can't off the top of my head. I mean, the team was booty cheeks back then. I mean, okay, what do you think? Stop saying booty cheeks for God's sakes. Where did booty cheeks come from? I've been saying that for a while already in my, in my circle of friends. You're in your 30s. Please stop saying booty cheeks. Booty cheeks. So I, used went, to work, I used to work with a guy who used to say booty, booty cheeks. You say it just like that. Did you have to be there? <laughs> no, he's great. Okay. Jets fan. Marshawn, shut up. <laughs> Marshawn brings us to another player. So a lot of people forget not only that Marshawn Lynch played at Buffalo outside of Western New York, Terrell Owens and Marshawn Lynch played together in Buffalo. Yeah, they did. Right? And it's not like T.O. was totally spent when he was here. He had just under 1,000 yards receiving. He led the team in receiving that year with Ryan Fitzpatrick as his quarterback uh, combined with Trent Edwards for a couple of games. Longest play from scrimmage. We talked about that a couple uh, weeks ago. Well, uh, now tied for longest oh, play. Now tied, yeah, scrimmage. that's right. Yeah. How does an offense with Marshawn Lynch and Terrell Owens, <laughs> like when you just stand back and look at it like that, it was Twilight it, Owens, but, but either he, way. No, he performed well. Okay. Go back and look at the numbers. I'm telling you, you will be shocked with how well Terrell Owens performed. Now, the Bills only won, what, four games that season? Something like that. I think they went 4-12. and 12. But what was this? The second receiver was what? David Nelson? I don't even remember yeah. who was on that roster. Stevie Johnson was on that roster at one point. Mm -hmm. Maybe Donald Jones? Perhaps. Is Terrell Owens a Bill? Yeah, I think so. Oh my God! You just you just go with guys you like. No, I mean, I, well, I mean, I guess it's different for everyone. I mean, I I think so. I I think again, I maybe the the key factor here is the is the um the endearness or endearing <laughs> endearingosity that they have toward Bills fans. But what what Torello hasn't been back to Buffalo, has he? I'm pretty sure he has. When I I'm 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 actually really confident that he has come back for a primetime game at some point. Okay. Terrell Owens was here for less than a calendar year. Yeah. Okay. He had played, his own cereal. He played his own. He played a single season. And with, you just made a noise when I said he played better statistically than you think. <laughs> Yet you're going to sit here and argue that Terrell Owens, mm -hmm. after the time he spent in San Francisco NFC Championship games, yep. the time he spent in Philadelphia Super Bowl, mm -hmm. the time he spent in Dallas, that's my quarterback, Yep. that he's a bill in your mind. Yeah, I think so. You're out of your mind, yeah. man. It's oh. not it's not an exclusivity thing. I just consider him to be a, a forever bill. Nobody else does. Nobody outside of Western New York. I think you're York. wrong. Okay, fair enough, fine. And I'm going to say half half three quarters of Bills fans don't consider Terrell Owens to be a lifelong bill. Now, I think he was a novelty when he was here. That doesn't make him a lifetime bill. To me it does. I, I think like I, I think again, it goes back to to the impact that they have on the on the team, you know? Mm. Like I mean, I feel like every Bills fan over 25 years old can remember like T.O. was a bill like how cool was that at that point it was it was also sad they gave him the key to the city like the first day like let's, when he landed here let's talk about I didn't that. even get my keys to my apartment after I was in there for like a week <laughs> I had to keep the door unlocked it was so sad how 
Like, I, it's a good illustration to how far we've come. Yeah. But, like, everybody <laughs> just fell all over themselves. Like, Terrell Owens got the key to the city. He got his own cereal immediately. Everyone went out and bought Terrell Owens. He was on a one-year deal, and he was only coming here for a year to try and get another contract, which, and look, he was great while he was here. No problems. Everybody loved him. As far as we know, he was kind to everybody. He signed autographs at camp. That was awesome. Do you think But that it was sad. That was a sad moment in Western New York In history. hindsight, it's a sad moment for sure. I And like you said like seeing how far we've come and this is a little bit of a different topic but i'm curious of your take on it do you think that to was brought in to be a buffalo bill because he made the team more competitive or was that a business decision it's a business decision right okay absolutely so that, those were the years where russ brandon was part of that three team three right. ngm team if i'm not mistaken yeah. maybe it was buddy nicks but yeah it was absolutely a business decision right so like how does that go over with the i imagine that conversation oh, i mean it wouldn't happen at least i don't think it would nowadays how does that conversation go over with like the head coach? You know, whoever was the head coach at that point. Let's say it's Chan Gailey. Was it Mike Malarkey? Could be. Who knows? Who cares? Um, but my point is like, okay, so you're a GM and a president and Russ Brandon and what's his face bringing in T.O. And you sit down with Chan Gailey and you're like, hey, just so you know, we're signing Terrell Owens and we need you to. And I mean, maybe T.O. is a bad example because he is like you know, a plug and play kind of guy, you know, he's a dynamic receiver. I don't think you're saying no to Terrell Owens, even though, you know, it's not going to do much to make you better. Who's your, who else you getting? How under clowny was, was, was the bill salary cap situation that, or was, was T.O. in like a position where like, he just needed to sign anywhere because he went from Dallas to Buffalo. He was looking for, he was not getting the money offers. He thought he was. Yeah. He wanted to go to a place where he could show he could still play. Mm. He signed a one year deal to try and improve his stock to get a better contract. And to be frank, I don't remember if it worked out. I mean, he ended up in Cincinnati, Cincinnati but I don't know what he signed. Fair. I mean, it, it extended his career, you know. Um, what a yeah, weird I guess, fever dream. That really, yeah, no, for sure. As we're, like, talking through this, it's, like, it's actually a little bit concerning, like, and uncanny to think about all of this. But Okay, so would you make the argument, then, if a marquee player spends any time in Buffalo, they're a bill forever in your head? Yeah. So that means Anquan Bolden's a bill. <laughs> I'm just trying to use your logic here, right? Because that guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. Is he a Bill? I mean, does he technically go in as a Bill? Because that was the last team that he played for. He, he never played it down. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I would say um, no. Anquan Bolden. Well, actually, no, I take that back. Yes, only because of the meme potential that came from Anquan Bolden's Bill's uh, tenure. Um, what do you think about Percy Harvin? He yeah, scored a touchdown. Ah, uh, yeah, bro, well, great touchdown. Right, day. diving. Yeah, oh, man, that was so. He, called, he scored multiple touchdowns. I'm not mistaken. No, I don't look at Percy. I just Harvin reco- as a I recall the bill. one where he was like completely sprawled out, and I think that ended his season because no, then he didn't travel it with didn't ribs. Ended his. It didn't end his season. He played the rest of the season a little bit. He didn't travel to Seattle. I think about were he playing Seattle that year. He just stayed home. Yeah, that was later in the season. Was no, it? Like, okay. I mean, you forget too. Like, God, as we're having these memories, that was Rex Ryan's first game as a Bill as Bills head coach. Yeah. Okay. And if I'm not mistaken, that was Tyrod Taylor's first game as quarterback. Um, I could be wrong. Well, maybe. You mean Matt Castle? Okay. Starting quarterback for the Buffalo Bills that season? That touchdown pass to Percy Harvin, it happened right in front of me in my seats in the stadium. Sure. And the year before, the Colts were in the AFC Championship game. Mm -hmm. And when we won that game, I was convinced this was it. Yeah. We're going to do it. Yeah, here we go. Rex Ryan is here. Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback we've been looking for. We got Percy Harvin, guys. Is this thing on? Guys. Because it's going to be. 
We'll, we'll buckle up. We're going. God, what a... Oh, my God. I get so mad when I see him on ESPN. Man, I bought into all of it. Same here. I was Like at, an absolute Rube Mark fool. I was in that press conference. I was there in that field house, and he said that, and I was like, oh, my genitals just tickle a little bit. Get ready. It's about to be... Oh, my God, dude. What a clown. What an absolute clown. Was, Would you consider... Like, I wonder if, like, do people, do Bills fans at this point, like, look back and be like, man, if we kept Rex on a little bit longer and we had Rex running this ship as opposed to... <laughs> as opposed to Sean McDermott. Well, Does that person exist? Uh, no. I don't think so either. I mean, well, how, you mean, Sean McDermott's been to the playoffs every year but one. He's been the head coach. He had never had a job before. He's been to an AFC championship game. Yes, I mean, Sean McDermott's course, obviously right? a better head coach. You know, and, and I'm sorry, just the last thing on Rex Ryan. Like, do you think it hurts him a little bit that, like, how, how they hired, like, his, like, the complete antithesis of Rex Ryan is the current and and replacement, mm-hmm. a current coach and replacement of you, and they have had a, a very long string of success since he has been hired. Sure. Do you think that irks him just a little bit? Uh, no, I don't think so, because that's usually how it happens, right? You you go the opposite of the head coach that you had before. If they're loud and blustery, you go a quiet office guy. If they're a quiet sure. office guy, you go a guy who's going to run his mouth. and Get ready, we're excited. going. Exactly. Yeah. Man, what a run it's been. Oh, <laughs> like, God, just, oh, this yeah. is exhausting just talking about it. <laughs> well, you want to talk about exhausting. Yeah. I mean, watching that game was frustratingly exhausting on Sunday. Always. However, Josh Allen putting all that loss on his shoulders is not something that guys in the locker room wanted to hear. Actually, one man in particular who might be Josh Allen's biggest fan said, hey, man, it ain't you. I want to play you some audio from Pro Bowler Deion Dawkins. Please. Defending Josh Allen. Mm. However, there's something that he said. This conversation a little uncomfortable. What Deion Dawkins said about Josh Allen. Oh? Man. Oh, did you hear this? No, I did not. Play it for you. Next, let's go Duffalo, the Odyssey app. Josh Allen, and even if he's not hurt, he was hurt pride-wise, man. You saw it in that press conference. Sean McDermott said in his post-game press conference and on Monday about how Josh takes these losses personally. We were all hurt, Pat. Okay. Bill's players in the locker room didn't want to hear, and one man came to the defense of his quarterback in a weird way. Hmm. Let's go Duffalo on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. His name's Ryan Duffy. My name is Pat Duffy. We talked earlier in the show about how Josh takes every loss on his shoulders, and he did it again after the game on Sunday. Once again, this is Josh's comments after his performance. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to win in this league. Um, you're playing a good team, and your quarterback plays like <laughs> Made some bad decisions tonight. Really cost our team. Um, a lot to learn from, a lot to grow from. But that's not that's not the uh, standard we hold ourselves to. Okay, I want you to commit that to memory. Sure. Because there's some more audio we have to play you from somebody else. But before we get there, mm. uh, Ryan is a man who wears his heart on his sleeve. Always. As you've heard this entire episode, yeah, huh? we've been having to talk him off a ledge. I'm here. It's a lot to choose from, mm. but let's figure out right now yeah. what's making Ryan sad. Well, it's a sad time for, for old Ryan. Mm-hmm. Losses are never fun. Losses like that are definitely never fun. However, there is one thing that is very specifically making me sad. I am sad that I had feelings 
that every time Josh dropped back to pass, that it was going to get intercepted. What? Uh huh. Oh my god. Yep. Because okay, no, the music's gone. No, the music's not. Put turn the music back up. Turn it up. I'm not done. Thank you. Because I have such a high expectation of this offense and Josh Allen specifically. And the two picks that I saw, one, the latter looked like it was on Gabriel Davis, so I won't hold that against Josh so much. But the first one looked absolutely miserable, bad throw pick. Okay. I can't let you talk anymore like this. I can talk however I want. Shut up. I have the board. I will pull you down if you don't stop this and we can have a conversation. How you're, dare you tell me how to feel? You're being ridiculous. I'm not being ridiculous. You're being, you thought every time he was going to throw the ball was going to get intercepted. I w- Dude, he threw two picks, one of which was absolutely abysmal. The second of which looked to be a miscommunication. But Both still of them were what- obviously miscommunications. He, got, he thought they were playing man. They were playing zone. Don't hold my feelings against me no i'm giving you You, a fact you ask me what is making me upset and i was getting upset and anxious and nervous okay in a situation where i'm never anxious or nervous hey let's do it let's do a new game called what's making pat sad you're an idiot right now you're being an idiot how are you overreacting the way that you are after a game you thought every time he dropped back he was gonna throw an interception when you're ready to talk like an adult i'm here to listen okay no i'm talking like an adult what is wrong with you? All I'm saying is that I have never had this feeling before. After seeing the two picks, like I legitimately got worried. It seemed like the offense was not clicking, and the Jets' defensive backs and, and defensive backfield were playing really well. Sauce mm-hmm. Gardner's a very good player. Mm-hmm. CJ Mosley was all over the field. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, dude. Like I got very nervous, not not exclusively because of Josh Allen's performance, mm-hmm. although that played a factor. Oh my god, it played a factor. What's wrong with saying that he didn't play well? No, it's fine saying that he didn't play well because he didn't play well for you to sit here and say every time he dropped back i was afraid he was gonna throw an interception because just... it happened twice that game how many attempts what were what were his 34 attempts? he was 18 to 34 34 <laughs> so, <laughs> 32 other times so he was <laughs> you're dear god man i'm sorry man i was very anxious because it was not clicking the way that it normally does and I know that that's an anomaly. You're not going to blow out teams. You're not going to gain 500 yards of offense every single week. I know that that's the case. And I know that this is exactly what this team needs right now. But I was extremely sad feeling that, oh my God, he's throwing it back again. I was more nervous to see the ball go through the air than I than I was when it was on the ground, which is a complete reversal of how I felt in every game this season. Okay. You we're gonna stop talking about this. Because I'm Man, gonna, it's getting hot. I'm gonna fist fight you and you might have a conniption, so we're gonna move on. Please. Okay. So we just played you the a conniption? Yeah. Can you use it in a sentence, please? Uh I'm gonna have a conniption. I'm gonna punch you right in the conniption. If you ask me to define conniption. <laughs> we just played you the audio of Josh again, uh him upset with himself. Sure. And the Bills players weren't gonna let his teammates were not gonna let Josh shoulder that loss. Deion Dawkins came to the defense of his quarterback. And Deion, if you uh, pay attention to the postgame press conferences and the comments, he's a guy who always has something to say, and everything he says has, like, a deeper, thoughtful meaning. He is, uh, yeah, he's he's a, a wise man. The Robert Frost of the Bills locker room. Snowman. Good pun right there, bud. Thank you, yes. Nice. I took the road less traveled. <laughs> this is Bill's Pro Bowl. You, you, you lost the goodwill this after that. Bill's, Bill's Pro Bowl left tackle, Deion Dawkins, defending his quarterback after the game. I would, you know, do anything for Josh. 
I would kill for Josh. I would give my last finger to freaking Josh. Whatever it has to be, you know, and a quarterback and like that, that like that's going to put every loss on his back when he doesn't ha have to. You know, Josh is the best quarterback in the league, and him, he still comes out there and says and what he says, he loves us, and we love him. And uh, Josh is saying that just to and protect us, you know, but it's nothing is Josh's fault ever. You know, Josh is the best. Okay. Um, That's cute. It was very wonderful. Very wonderful. <laughs> I, I'm back. I'm back at it. Kind of got a little cult leader at the end there. I was going to say, this seems very Nexium right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all stop. Let's stop cutting off our fingers for Josh Allen. Let's stop in, implying that we're ready to murder somebody okay. or be complicit in someone's murder. Let's let's just pump the brakes because at the end of the day, I know I got emotional earlier and remain emotional, but it is a game at the end of the day. So so let's all just cool the brakes. Let's snow down a little bit and uh, and and maybe put this in a little bit more of a perspective. Okay, he's being metaphorical. I hope so. So what's more alarming? <laughs> that he said he would murder someone for Josh or that he'd give up his last finger for Josh. What's more alarming? What alarms you off the bat first? I'm going to give you the audio again. This is again Deion Dawkins <laughs> describing what he's willing to do for his quarterback. I would, you know, do anything for Josh. I would kill for Josh. I would give my last the finger The way he says to it too. Josh. I would I would kill, kill for Josh. <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm sorry. So, your question was, which of those is more alarming? What is more alarming to you off the bat? The fact that he would kill for Josh, he says, or the fact that he would give up his last finger for Josh? Are you seriously asking that question what to me? What alarms you more? The fact that he's willing to murder somebody. Okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, if he's got one finger left. like no, no, hold on. He didn't say murder. He said kill. Okay. Yeah, what if it's in a self de de defense of Josh? Is that a murder? So this is not premeditated. No defense or no uh, uh, state prosecutors possibly going to pull this audio okay. and, and present it as evidence. Look, <laughs> I'm not saying it's not definitely not murder. I'm saying the ability to imagine it as def killing a man in defense of Josh. It exists. Charges filed and the respective degrees of those charges are notwithstanding. Uh -huh. I still think it's more concerning that he would be at, will, at least willing to to participate in the life of someone uh, being taken. See, figuratively speaking, of course. Uh, as we have the figurative conversation, I think it's easier to see yourself killing someone else than it is to cut off your final finger and give it to somebody else. Interesting. Oh, is he, he give, was he putting it in a box? Look, I'm, I'll play again. I'm, Stop <laughs> playing the audio. We all heard no, it. Gonna, no, because no, you keep misrepresenting what he's saying. This, again, is Deion Dawkins on what he'd do for his quarterback. I would, you know, do anything for Josh. I would kill for Josh. <laughs> I would give my last finger to freaking Josh. <laughs> Did he ask for it? Did he? <laughs> hey, hey, Deion. Um, listen, I know you've lost nine. I understand that. But if I could get that pinky, if you could give up that pinky... You, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need that pinky. I think there's all okay. So alarm alarming to me still remains that um you know the fact that he's you know the the whole killing thing. He'll kill somebody. Yeah. However, I do think there's some some nuance here that we have to talk about. Okay. What digit is that last finger? Oh, that's a good question. If he's just hanging around with a pinky and. <laughs> 
<laughs> we nope, nubbing nubbing it up with one pinky. <laughs> um, then I think maybe at that point it's like, what value are you getting out of that pinky? Okay, you're you can you you know maybe touch screens are a little bit. I don't know. I have, I I don't I, I I can't empathize with no, that. No touch I can't screen. Po- no, absolutely. All your iPhone is now useless if you give up that last finger. Well, no, there's all kinds of accessibility standards it, out okay, there that it you can use a lot it. harder. All all I'm saying is like I, I think that that there <laughs> there should be the conversation of like what is that remaining digital? What is and the, where did the other ones go? Well, okay, let's get to that in a second. What is the most important finger on your hand? Uh, pointer finger. The pointer. Uh, no, I'd say thumb. Well, so well, thumb is what thumb. separates us from the animals. Yeah, and, nobody else has a thumb, and you got to give the thumbs up. Would you give up your thumb now if Josh Allen needed it to be an NFL quarterback? No. Wait, seriously? You're telling me that I wouldn't be able to get uh, a, a proper grip on something for the rest of my life because Josh Allen needed a thumb? Josh Allen, now we don't know if he wins a Super Bowl or not, but he will not win a Super Bowl <sighs> without a thumb. You can. What do you need your thumb for? I'm thinking now. If I'm, if I'm at Hold the on, game. Hold on, pause. You sit here and you go, oh, I need it for the rest of my life. What thing do you possibly need a thumb for for the rest of your life? The, the visual, I mean, gripping things, giving the double thumbs up. You can grip um, things without a thumb. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Uh, but <laughs> the visualization I had when you're like describing this whole situation, Josh Allen needs a thumb. He's going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think he, immediately he needs a sacrifice to the Josh God. I I no. I think of it like Josh Allen is in the back locker room, like laid out a la Daniel Larusso at the end of Karate Kid One, and and Sean McDermott is over him a la Mr. Miyagi. And like the ref comes up, was like, "You did good out there, son." Walking away, it's like, "Oh man, I could have done it to show him." Blah blah blah. And like Sean McDermott's like clap and rub together is me just lopping off my left thumb because Josh needs it. Josh Allen's gonna play. <laughs> Dion says he would give up his last finger for Josh. Sure. Does that mean he's willing to undergo surgery for a finger transplant? In which case, he would be knocked out or numbed up. Or would he be willing to cut off his own finger to give it to Josh? Yeah, there again, more nuance here. Like I think that, like, is he right? Is he being sedated? Is he going into a to an outpatient medical facility to then have it removed and it's just gone? Or are we talking like we need this right here, right now, and it's got to be a one time clean cut? Like, there's a lot of circumstance on here that I think we need some more follow up information on. What's harder to do there? What? What's the more difficult move to get, to have a pre-planned surgery where you're thinking about it for maybe a week or two in advance where you're going to lose this finger? You're not looking at this finger longingly as yeah. it's on your hand for the last week or the in the moment decision, cut it off with a machete right now and put some ice on it. It's a good point. I, um, you know, I think knowing if you're asking me, I think I would dwell on it a lot. I'd really get connected to more so than I am just uh, anatomically speaking, but I would get very connected to that digit. Um, and I would probably check it out at the last moment um, in the you know vein of Homer Simpson running away from donating his, his kidney to his father. So you're saying that you would it would you would be more likely to give the finger in the moment, lopping it off with a machete, than you would thinking about it for a week. Line it up. Let's go. Okay. If Josh also lost all his fingers, mm-hmm. what good would one finger do to Josh? Like, are, are you giving Josh your last finger so he has ten fingers? Or are you giving Josh your last finger so he has a finger? One finger. Because a one-fingered quarterback does you no good. Well, he's good on the ground. What? No, why are you holding the ball? I mean, there's there's ways. Okay, in the NFL. Like, I know, uh, was it Shaq Barrett? No, it's not Barrett. Who was the linebacker um, with one hand in Seattle? Uh, Griffin. Shaq Griffin, excuse me. Yep. 
he, he he came out and he gave it to the old college try, and you know he's out and he of the was tremendous now. in college too. I mean, sure, he got drafted. Sure, or no, sure. is he a UDF? It doesn't matter. But he made it to the league. I guess what I'm asking is, would it be selfish of Josh if he had nine fingers and needed one to be a complete quarterback to ask Deion Dawkins for his last finger? The more we think about this, I don't. Th- or the more we talk through this, this completely fever dream scenario. Uh, no, I again. Uh, these are. This is out of the words of Bills left tackle Dia Dawkins. I would, you know, do anything for Josh. I would kill for Josh. I would give my last finger to freaking Josh. Whatever it has to be, you know. And- <laughs> Whatever it had, bro. Whatever it has to be. The more he talks, the scarier this gets. Really is. It really, like, I just it's, hear it's it over and creepy. over and over. Um, yeah, I, I, the more we talk about this, I cannot imagine in this scenario, knowing what we know about Josh, and we are talking about his leadership capabilities earlier in the show, I can't see him being the one to go up to Deion Dawkins and saying, Dion, I need that finger. <laughs> I I see it as like a an equipment assistant or like someone on the medical staff, hopefully, going up. <laughs> if anyone is going to ask for a thumb. Okay, look. Somebody in the NFL medical staff lost their <laughs> job because they didn't diagnose Tua Tengavailoa correctly with a concussion against right. the Bills. You think that guy's working the week after after being like, hey, man, got to take your finger for Josh. I could see like that cowboy hat doctor on the Dallas uh, uh, Dallas Cowboys being like, hey, man, I'm going to need that finger. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you don't have to take them gloves off. I'm going to need that finger. <laughs> he he going to need that pointer right now. Could Deion Dawkins play with no fingers? I think so. I mean, pass pro, run blocking. No, I mean, but I'm like, they always have their hands like out as wide as possible. Ain't getting called for holding. Okay. <laughs> am I wrong or am I right? Yeah, that catch to that, that Stefan Diggs catch would have counted. You're, <laughs> you're telling me that a back judge is not going to give a little bit of benefit of the doubt to Deion Dawkins on a potential holding call? It's not going to give him a little bit of grace there. It's like he's got his hand on the yellow uh, flag being like, eh. oh, wait, that's 73. No chance. He's not holding. Okay, well, and then with that in mind, Deion Dawkins is at a competitive disadvantage by having all his fingers. Based on what you just said. Could be. If he went and cut off all his fingers, which would then have give Josh the choice of 10, mm-hmm. he's a better offensive tackle. I mean, potentially. I don't know. I mean, you see those uh, those runners in baseball with those mitts. What's that for? Uh, like, is that to like get to base faster if you're sliding? I thought it was so their hands won't get hurt. Could but be. It could be that too. I, I just you're not jamming it. a finger on the base. I guess that makes sense. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe throw those on on him. Maybe maybe tape a couple oven mitts to his uh, <laughs> to his hands. See how better he fares. You know, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe there is you know benefit to uh, you know having your hands completely taped at that point. Like, how could you possibly get called for holding? How could you get called for holding? All right, one more question. Because, like, I mean, you can tell here that we I mean, we know Josh Allen. Everybody loves him in that dress. Sure. And it's endearing, and it's great. And that audio from Deion Dawkins, again, it's all hyperbole. And, of course. Like, okay, we, are, we are speaking in jest. Your wife. Yes. Would you rather kill for her or give up your last finger for her? We're talking completely hypothetical things that have not happened before. We're not referencing true events, right? The fact that you said that is want to make sure. questioning what the hell is going on. Well, it doesn't on. matter because as long as we're married, she can't testify against me. So... If you get divorced, 
Yeah, that would. I mean, yeah. Well, that would suck. That would suck on, on several levels, but not from a. <laughs> well, no. I mean, look. I know you love your wife, but I'm guessing the highest level would uh, suck. Is- shoot, we're staying together. The only reason we're staying together is so that she can't testify against me. That has to be the case in some like right. This got real dark real fast. It really did, didn't it? Um, we're doing great. Anyway, um, no, I would say that I would be more willing to give up a finger than I think take a life for her. Okay. Yeah, really, and that's not, life, and that's not, jeez. Um, I mean, I value life. So, oh, shut up with this. Excuse whole- me. <laughs> what? Oh, what? I be okay. So, like circumstances. Um, she needs the marrow in my pinky finger because that's going to help cure something that she needs. Sure, but you got to take the whole finger off. Pinky's gone. See you later, deuces. Or I guess at that point, like you know, the Doctor Evil thing's not going to happen anymore. Middle but- finger. Um, that's gonna make your hand look that's gonna be gonna throw you off no but i'm a bit no i'd be okay only because like i'm a big surfer guy with like the you know pinky and the thumb and the in the twiddly so i'm cool with that and then the uh the sign asl i love you is you don't need middle finger for that All so right. that's two of my go-to's that uh are still you know completely fine you know, I didn't have the urge to kill anybody until <laughs> you started talking the way you're talking right Interesting. now. Interesting. Explaining to me what hand signals are used to people. I, I mean, I that's how I communicate with people. Excuse me. What would you give up? Would you be more willing to kill someone than give up a, a, a finger? Even if it's your go-to finger, if your favorite finger. If it's my spouse, look, I'm with you. I don't want to kill anybody. Oh, 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 you're so, you're so political. You don't want to kill anybody. Look at you. Please. I think it might be easier to kill somebody to give up your last finger. You think so? I mean, because, like, bro, that's the physical pain. You've lived your whole life. And now, look, I know there are people listening right now that may be living without a digit, and maybe you get used to it immediately. I, I don't know what that would feel like to do either, but it's less of an impact on me <laughs> if I kill somebody. Sure. Yeah, no, totally. Um, have you ever taken a psychopath test before? Uh-huh. Okay. Says man whose first thing thought was, I have to stay married to my wife so she can't testify against me for a hypothetical murder that I was talking very fast about. I'm just Dr. Stranging all the possible futures and, and things to get myself out of just in case. Why are you such a nerd? I'm not, that's, that is pop culture at this point. Was that's that not, from The Watchmen? Dr. Strange. What is that? My God, dude, you're you're more of an embarrassment than Why? I could potentially be. What, what, what's that from? I, that's Marvel Universe. Oh, I'm sorry. Marvel Universe, actually, guys. 10-point power sword. It's like the most like famous movie. It like, grossed a bajillion dollars. Just because you don't get out of the house doesn't mean I don't know that Dr. Strange saw into the future in Adventures Endgame and saw that there was one scenario in which they were able to beat Thanos hey, like everybody else does. Spoiler alert, everybody. The movie's been out for like 10 years, yeah, five well, years. And there was somebody that was just about to see it this week and they heard you do that and now they <laughs> won't do it and they're coming for your thumb. Bring we, it. we get back into actual football, talk about this Vikings game. We do it next. Let's go Duffalo. Odyssey app, where we get your podcast. Sunday, and that's the one thing that sucks about taping a podcast the day after a game is finished. Yeah. All we know, it's a Let's Go Duffalo on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. His name's Ryan Duffy. My name is Pat Duffy. Hello. Bills take on the Vikings on Sunday. Let's get into the actual game stuff first. Let's talk. Let's uh, talk shop here, Pat. Vikings are 7-1. and one. Yep. Uh, they're one of those good, not good teams. Is that a fair way to put it? 
Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I've seen a Vikings game in its entirety. Vikings, one of those teams that consistently a decent team, never on television. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I would. I've. I yeah. No, like for they're sure. always in the mix for a playoff spot. Every once, I mean, they haven't been in the mix for the division with what uh, Rogers has been doing the last couple of years. Yeah, but you never ever ever see minnesota on tv there was a period of time like growing up that like this is obviously before thursday night football this is during blackout games like all that stuff that like remember those posters that would like you would see like all the helmets of the teams Mm -hmm. and be like oh you know this is the league um i remember seeing teams like the minnesota vikings being like oh yeah the minnesota vikings exist (laughs) same with like the st louis uh st louis rams uh the cincinnati Bengals. i mean nowadays you know you get a primetime thursday night game every single year sure if you are an avid football fan you are going to see every single team and we obviously live in an information age where like we know all 32 teams like uh, somewhat intimately um, but there was a time where, like, yeah, some of those Midwest teams, if you didn't get a whole lot of traction, I didn't even know who you were. Okay, so the Vikings are 7-1. and one. Kirk Cousins, their quarterback, having a pretty good season so far. You brought up the defense in Minnesota's playing very well. They mm-hmm. usually do. The Pills, however, despite the performance last week against the Jets, mm-hmm. are six-and-a-half-point favorites today. At home. Uh, yes, and that is with everything going on uh, with Josh Allen that we don't know about. Yeah. Are you nervous about this game on Sunday? I'm nervous about every game. Okay. Yes, I'm nervous about the game. Past normal nervous nervosity. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would say so cuz cuz it would be awful to drop two in a row. Yeah. Um Bills did that last year at one point. Did, yeah. Patriots um, and Bucks back to back. Yep. Did we already have the bye at that point? Yes, we had. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. Um so yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to drop two in a row. I mean, if there's any game that you could drop, I mean, you got an NFC team that, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I'm nervous because I want the I want to see the Bills right the ship in the best way possible and get a good win against a team that is has a more, more wins than the Bills do. Yeah, but are they good? I mean, they had a great comeback win. Who do they play? On, uh, every they every game they've played this year has been a great comeback win, and that's what's mm-hmm. weird about Minnesota is they come out uh, as you would say, booty cheeks. Sure. They play a middling game and then they have this furious comeback at the end. And they've won. They've won multiple games that way. Yeah. You look at their division; it sucks. Yeah. The NFC North sucks. Packers, Bears, Lions, Vikings. They're four games ahead in the divisional race right now. Yeah, that's crazy. Could you pull up the Vikings when the uh, the schedule so far? I want to see how many divisional games they've played because, sure. like I said. I haven't seen the Vikings at all this season. I've seen highlights of Kirk Cousins doing his psychopath stuff that he does. Did you see the video of him wearing all his teammates' chains on the ride back? <laughs> no. Bro, okay. So if you're not all that familiar with a Kirk Cousins, he's a legitimate psychopath. Mm. When he came into the league for like two years, he kept driving his parents' minivan from like 1986. I do recall. There is a video on YouTube you can go find from a couple of years ago where he's playing quarterback in a charity flight football game in the offseason. Mm-hmm. They're trying to come back because that's all that Kirk Cousins does. Right. The referee, again, for the charity flight football game was taking too long to set the ball. They lost, and Kirk Cousins got in this man's face, screamed in his face mm-hmm. that he didn't set the ball fast enough, 
in a charity flag football game. I mean, some people just have that switch, that competitive switch, which is funny, though, because he seems so J.C. Penny. I don't think he has that switch. I think he's a legitimate psychopath. Like, if you, I think he has one of all of his offensive linemen's <laughs> fingers, if you want to be honest. <laughs> um, or he's, like, at least claim them. Like, that's the one I'm going to take. <laughs> a man looks you in the face. That ring finger. That one's, that one's, that one's Kirk's. Um, no, I, I think that, uh, yeah, I guess now that we talk about it out loud, like, yeah, maybe these are all like giant red flags that like (laughs) when the time comes, if the time comes of like, wow, all the warning signs were right there. Like his, his teammates have their chains on him and he's like dancing and like even the smile that he's doing well, like it is some like very Android. Oh my God. Uh All right, so you pulled up the wins. Yes. Uh, for, what do we got for wins for the Vikings? So uh, in, in season order, uh, they beat the Packers. Okay. Uh, they lost to the Eagles. Okay. So, I mean, that's, you know, and they lost 24-7. Uh, to 7. All right, let's just run it. Uh, Lions, Saints, they've won every game since. Lions, Saints, Bears, Tua-less Dolphins, had the bye, Cardinals, and then Commanders most recently was their comeback game um, that they won this past Sunday. There's not a quality win in there. Yeah. No, I, I think you could you could definitely argue that for hmm. sure. Um. Yeah, for sure. All right. So with okay. that, with that being said, mm-hmm. there's not a single quality win for the Minnesota Vikings. Let's say that Josh can't go. Hypothetically, I'm knocking on wood. Yeah, it's going to be Case Keenum. Now, here's the interesting, fun thing. Uh, this will be Stefan Diggs' first game against his former team. Now, remember that ended messy. He was supposedly a locker room cancer. That's why they had to get him out of there. Which, uh, by the way, never materialized in Buffalo. Nope. Case Keenum was Stefan Diggs' quarterback. The year they made that miracle run to the NFC Championship game. In fact, the Minneapolis miracle where Stefan Diggs caught that ball when those two defensive backs collided. Diggs, sideline, touchdown. You got it. You could have Case Keenum and Stefan Diggs playing the Minnesota Vikings in Buffalo on Sunday. Is that cool? Or is that scary? It's, it's terrifying. Okay. But it's cool from a storyline. Shut up, you delegates. It's cool from a storyline. I'm terrified. Kind of cool. I mean, I it, okay. So from a Bills fan, it's terrifying because it means that Josh Allen's not in the game. And Josh Allen is the key to, to us having uh, success, I think. Um, but from just a casual, like, you know, oh, that's neat. <laughs> that's neat. But I don't want it to happen. Look, if there's one game that Case Keenum, you would... I mean, if you had to have him play, yeah, I'd want him in a revenge game against the team that he had massive success with, and they told him to go take a crap in a hat. It's a fair. They told him that. Well, I was going to say the other thing, but <laughs> I had to believe Josh, and I don't want to have to believe myself. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, it's a little extra motivation. You see it all the time. Saw it against Fit or with Fitz against uh, the Bills when he was the um, the quarterback of the Texans. Do you remember hearing that clip? He's like, it means something to me. Like, I remember seeing that, like, oh, my God. I, I got sad, uh, truly, when I saw that clip because I was like, no, man. Like, like I understand you want to win. Nothing against you. Like, it wasn't your choice to leave. But, like, don't say that. Don't say that. Well, they told me they didn't want him anymore. It's terrible. I didn't say it, though. Okay. Um, But, yeah, no, I mean, looking at their schedule, I mean, yeah, there's not a lot. They came close against the Saints. Any games, any game. Saints we all know suck. that. I, I, they benched. They, they, Andy Dalton is their chosen starting quarterback right now. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll say, too, on top of that, they played the Lions real close. 28-24 was the win. Uh, Saints 28-25. The Bears 29-22. And by the way, that's a Bears team that hadn't turned the corner yet because they played the Dolphins tight the other day. I lost so much money on that game. I bet. 
It was minus four. I thought that was like, oh, it's free money. How did the Bears keep it within three points of the Dolphins? Yeah, and then just beat the Commanders uh, by three points, too. So, yeah, I mean, um, they have had success in one-possession games. I wonder if that becomes a storyline. Okay, that's a, that's a good point. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think that the Bills can beat any team. I say it every single week. I think they can beat any team. Even with Case Keenum at quarterback. Yeah, even with Case Keenum at quarterback. Okay, you are all over the place. I am all over the place because because I still believe in this team, regardless of, of like, of of the circumstances, I still believe that they can win. I think they can will their way to a win. Um, but it just becomes more of a dice roll when Josh Allen's not on the field or if Josh Allen's playing poorly. Okay, so let's talk good, bad. Good, uh, you would hope that the Bills are getting three major defensive contributors back on yes. Sunday. Yes. That would be Matt Milano. Mm-hmm. That would be Jordan Poyer. Yep. And... Trading! Tredavious White. God, it's going to be so good to see him back out there. Same here. We are waiting to see what happened with Dane Jackson. He left the game holding his wrist. It didn't look great towards mm-hmm. the end of the game. Like, McDermott went out, looked at him, and immediately went back to Frazier and said, like, all right, who's going? Mm-hmm. So you would think they're going to run Tredavious White in and out of the game to get him back used to things. Pitch count, yeah. Exactly. So you could still have Christian Bedford and Kair Elam splitting time with Tredavious White. Kair Elam also got banged up at some point in the game. Yeah, did he come back? He, I don't he remember. He did come okay. back. But I think it was after uh, after Dane Jackson left. I think they may have had to put him in. It's like, hey, man, you got to go. I don't think they would do that. You still had Siron Neal. He was there for, he played one play, got burned, and that was the only play that he played it. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, the bad, the Bills have no run game right now. None. And, like, if you Josh Allen, again, knocking on wood, this all may be for nothing. If he can't go, you then have zero because Case Keenum, not the runner Josh Allen is. Yeah. Nope. Or or thrower. So, Hines played four snaps, the running back they traded uh, from Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. On Sunday, you got to think he's going to be a bigger part of the game plan, having had a whole week of practice. Yeah. Now under his belt, preparing for the game. And he did well returning punts. I think he had a good... uh, That was like the first one he brought. I felt like such an idiot. I was watching the game at Finger Lakes Gaming and Racetrack Remedy inside Finger Lakes Gaming and Racetrack for the WCMF Home Field Advantage. And I started yelling... At the TV, because I thought it was Khalil Shakir return to the pond. Like, yeah, Khalil! Yeah, Khalil! And they go, Naeem Hines with his friend. Like, oh, you <laughs> idiot. There's so many people here heard you say that. <laughs> You're not a real fan because you don't know who's on the field. Damn it, damn it, damn it. He even took Moss's number. Well, I guess 10 and I only 20, saw maybe the zero. zero. Yeah, I only saw enough. the All zero because right. it was from that side of the field. All right. Oh, God. Fair enough. Really hurt your credibility amongst the folks here in this casino. Not going to lie. A lot of people saw they that. They really did see that. <laughs> But, I mean, between Cook, between Singletary, between Hines, uh, what do you do? I don't know. I don't know. I think the... Um, I mean, Spencer Brown, hopefully, is coming back, the tackle. Yep. That could be a shot in the arm for the running game. Because, again, before last week, those first against Kansas City and against Green Bay, you had great rushing success in the first half of both of those games. Yeah. It makes me think that, like, I mean, maybe the, and maybe not maybe, but maybe, maybe not maybe, maybe not maybe, but maybe the uh, the Jets' uh, defensive front and and you know linebacker core they played a great game. I'm sorry, like Questenberry was the tackle that that was responsible for the pressure that led to the the sack fumble yeah. that eventually hurt you know that caused the Allen injury. Sure, I mean, 
So yeah, if you take Spencer Brown, put him back in there, like maybe that doesn't happen. We've seen Spencer Brown get burnt a couple times this year, but maybe the Vikings defensive front is not as good as what the Jets is. The Jets have a good defense. There's no doubt about it. It was in top 10 in every statistical category going into the Bills game, so it's going to be better this week when they go back and go through that stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah I, I, look, with everything up in the air, potentially with Josh, I don't even know what to think about this game. We know nothing about Case Keenum because the only time we saw him play in the preseason, he was playing with the twos. There was a couple of runs, couple of series he got with the ones where he looked good but again mm-hmm. you can't tell anything against a preseason defense yeah there's running base stuff i mean are the bills still favored do you think if case keenum is the quarterback would you take a case keenum with this roster in defense <sighs> at home against kirk cousins and what minnesota's bringing to town i um i i truly don't know it, it would be like i i don't know i'm I don't asking know. i'm asking your gut feeling go <clears throat> uh pick him yeah, I think it would be a pick 'em. Maybe no, I would say they'd probably give the Bills three points. I'm the, asking you what you think. What I think do I think the Bills would beat them? No, do you do you feel better about Kirk Cousins and his roster at seven and one without a quality win coming to Buffalo versus a Case Keenum led Bills team it at home with the roster we have? I'm sorry, I didn't understand the question. The latter of the two. I would still feel better with this with this team being led by Case Keenum okay. um against Kirk Cousins and the seven and one Minnesota Vikings it was is. a sentence that I never would have pictured. I ever would have said, man, I know that nobody saw this coming right with what the Packers did. And everyone assumed the saints were going to be better this year. Jameis Winston was going to take a step forward. That is the most cake schedule I've ever heard in my life. Could you pull it up one more time and run through the games they played with the exception of Philadelphia, who people thought were going to be better, but not this much better mm-hmm. again, run through the teams they've played so far. Packers, Eagles, Lions, Saints, Bears, Dolphins, Cardinals, Commanders. Dear God. Um, and their second half looks pretty uh, pretty tough, too. They have, a, a, you know, obviously they play the Bills on Sunday. They play the Cowboys the week after okay, that. that's tough. Patriots the week after that. Could, and it's a, a Thursday night game um, on Thanksgiving, actually. Jets, Lions again, Colts, Giants. Who knows how they're going to be at that point. Packers again, Bears again. Okay, so, I mean, it's possible... That you start seven and one and end up nine and eight for sure, possible. Um, yeah, no, it's definitely possible. I still think that they're going to win the. Um, well, yeah, win I mean, their division. I mean, the Bears are two and three right now. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that last game of the season. I mean, the, the 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 Vikings have such a lead in the NFC North at this point. Like, I'm not willing to. Like, they would have to really skid. The Bears can't be two and three. Everyone's played eight games. Um, Minimum of eight games. I'm sorry. They were two and three at the time. I'm sorry. They were two and three at the time of the um the game against. Okay, doesn't matter. Yeah, the yeah. Vi- are the. I'm sorry. The Bears right now are just to make good on this are three and six. Ah, <laughs> not great. Not great. Not they have the, they great. have the same record as the Packers. So, all right. Well, we sit and we wait to see what happens with Josh all week long, and hope to God that on Tuesday it isn't horrible, horrible news. Yeah, but all we can do. He's put on a brave face. This is my brave face. Good. We always appreciate you checking us out again on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. Tell your friends, let's go Duffalo. Shoot us a rating. Give us a review. Tell us how pretty we are. Always. His I'll give a, you my finger. His name is Ryan Duffy. My name is Pat Duffy. We'll see you next week. And before we get out of here, go Bills! Go Bills!